Hello, everyone. Welcome to the First World Manila podcast. This is pretty self-explanatory. This is the podcast version of First World Manila. It's differentiated from the First World Manila vlog, which is more of a video venture that's posted on YouTube. Even though this podcast is audio, but also hosted on YouTube as well, uh, as opposed to the First World Manila vlog, this podcast is really just me talking informally about issues in economic and urban development to really bring up the Philippines place, Manila and the Philippines place in the world, so that we have a beautiful city and country, and also an economy that that raises the overall standard of living for every citizen. Uh, for those who are just joining us, uh, First World Manila is a brand that seeks to make economic and urban development issues interesting to the broader voting public so that the idea is that the voting public is more engaged with policies. After all, it's policies, at the end of the day, it's really policies and their implementation that makes, that'll help move the, the Philippines up. So uh, as, and, um, as I've stated in my vlog before that ideally enough people, enough of the voting public will be interested in policies so that regardless of who becomes president or who's elected president, the overall policies are, are implemented and, and are continued to be implemented regardless of whether the, pres the current president's term is over or not. There has to be some continuation and execution. So that is a goal of First World Manila is to make these issues interesting. And I, I mentioned briefly that First World Manila has a vlog, which is on YouTube, which you can watch. And um, you just go to YouTube and search First World Manila and you'll see the channel. So currently First World Manila is right now comprised of a YouTube channel, a vlog, right? That's one. Second is this podcast, which is which is also going to be broadcasted on YouTube as well. And third would be the fine art exhibits, including the one I used last year to launch the First World Manila brand. So that's what I'm doing so far and I'm planning few more things in the future. By the way, my name is Ramon Rodrigo Caloquenca, CFA, and I am the founder and director of First World Manila. Uh, I am formerly an equities research analyst from a private bank in Singapore. Uh, I've grown up in the U.S. and uh, the Philippines, and I've lived and worked in both countries. I've also studied in France and Singapore and worked in Singapore as well. So that's, that's my background. For those of you who didn't watch the First World Manila vlog episode one, uh, uh, my academic and professional background includes a uh, an undergraduate degree from the University of Chicago in international studies, which includes international political economy and hence economic development. So that's my academic background. My professional background includes uh, equity research, meaning stock research in the in the region, including in, in the Southeast Asian region, including the Philippines. So. Um, even though I've, I've been involved in international studies and, and in finance, a lot of my research and analysis, both in my academic and professional background, has included understanding the, understanding the impact of, of policies in economic development, including the, those in the Philippines. So that's where I'm coming from. So again, I've, I've launched this brand. This was launched last year. Uh, I also draw and paint, by the way. So. I did a fine. I, I did a fine art exhibit last year to launch this this brand, Herschel Manila. Again, using uh, podcasting, vlogging, and fine art <clears throat> to 
to make um, economic and urban development policies interesting and engaging to a wider audience who will hopefully vote for the right ones over the long term and, and, and meaningfully and secularly really improve the standard of living here in Manila and in the Philippines. Okay, so that's a, that's a quick intro on me. Um, let's see. Again, I'm reading off for this podcast. I'm just reading off my notes for this for every topic I do here. Uh, this podcast, by the way, the first World Manila podcast is going to be uh, maybe ideally I'd like it to be out every other day uh, during the week. We'll see how that goes as opposed to the YouTube vlog for First World Manila, which is uh, once a month. So this is going to be much more frequent than the fully edited videos, which you'll see once a month. But it also, again, this, uh, this podcast will be available also in, in video format on YouTube, on the First World Manila YouTube channel. Okay, so reading up my notes. Okay, so today's topic is going to be on... Can we fix the Philippines? So this is sort of a follow-up to First World Manila vlog episode one, which, which was how to fix the Philippines. This podcast is a joinder asking, can we really fix it? Um, for those of you who didn't watch the First World Manila vlog number one, episode one, I came to the conclusion basically that there are a lot of good and well-intentioned people both inside and outside of government who have good ideas and it's just a question of of the government efficiently implementing them and continuing to implement them regardless of who becomes president and even throughout even after the current president's term so what we want ideally is sound policy that is executed efficiently and over the long term so but the question is can that actually happen and I mean after all you know, ideas are a dime a dozen. I think Steve Jobs said something like that pre before he passed away, that everyone can come with a good idea, more or less, but it's very, very hard to execute. What more so if you're a country? So can we do this? Can we execute? Can we fix the Philippines? Well, I like to address this question by breaking the problem down into two parts. The first part is, what are these policies exactly that we want to we want to have implemented, um, which is a good question because in the in the in the video, the vlog, the first episode, I actually kind of gla uh, glazed over it uh, because uh, basically wrapping it up into three bullet points. Um, the th I mean, as based on what sort of the problems are for doing business here in the Philippines. Uh, number three is a corruption. Number two is. Number two is infrastructure, but the number one obviously obvious uh, problem was, is a government efficiency. So under those broader three bullet points, sort of all the different policies would fall under, in my opinion. So that's how I want to structure uh, my argument and how and and, and make this sort of this sort of plan um, structured and understandable to a broader audience. <clears throat> Uh, by the way, for those who aren't who are just joining now, uh, I'm as a as a rough benchmark of how the Philippines does. I'm using the the WEF, the World Economic Forum's Global Competitiveness Survey, to roughly benchmark how well the Philippines is doing. And the reason why I choose uh, economic competitiveness is, and basically ease of doing business 
is because generally speaking, a, a, in a country that's easier to do business, and of course there are other considerations, but in, in generally speaking, in a country that, that's easier to do business in, you'll find a government that can also, th that enacts the right policies more, more or less to get to improve its citizen standard of living. So it's a rough proxy, but it's the most, it's the most concise one we have. Okay, so what are these policies that fall under uh, making the Philippines more economically competitive and making it an easier place to do business. Okay, so actually the pro and the reason why, so it turns out the reason why I sort of didn't really talk too much about the policies in particular in the video is because there's a lot of them. Uh, and, and in my opinion, the best resource where everything's sort of tabulated, and you can see like a step-by-step -step, um, or a, uh, by the numbers listing of all the policies that are that have that need to be enacted or are being enacted or are, you know more moving back and forth in, in being enacted is actually in this website called Arancada. Here we go. Let me just minimize myself here for those who aren't watching. Or sorry, for those who aren't who are listening and not watching the, the video, I'm showing a website now of Arancada's website. So Arancada Philippines. This is an advocacy set up by the Joint Foreign Chambers of Commerce to make it basically easier for for people including foreign companies to do business in the Philippines and again maybe some of you are skeptical because these are these are foreign uh, these are foreign governments that want to do business in the Philippines and obviously there are concerns about that but of course um, my view is that overall these are these are sort of overall general prescriptions that just that are e that, that would make it easier for anyone to do business here in the Philippines and in Manila and again a government that can that can make uh, business easier, obviously, and, and obviously balancing other social concerns as well, and it's a balancing act, of course. Obviously, also generally speaking, is able to provide a better standard of living for its citizens. So think of the U.S. or Japan or Singapore uh, in the in the WEF's global competitiveness survey. They rank higher than the Philippines, and if you and if you guys watch the video, we actually rank number fifty-six. So there's, it's a rough benchmark, but that's where we have to move up on. Okay, so um, this is Anakada Philippines. The website it's the website is www.investphilippines.info. So that's the website you guys can check out. Again, that's www.investphilippines.info. Uh, that's the website, and Anakada is obviously it's a, as I said before. It's a it's an advocacy, and they actually hold an annual forum uh, for I guess maybe more influential business groups, etc., to to sort of update everyone uh, and that sector of society on how the Philippines is doing as far as progressing all these different policies. So every annual forum actually has. See, I'm scrolling up here. It actually has an annual report. This is in PDF format. Again, you can find this. You can find this on Arancada's website. Uh, by the way, I'm not at all. I'm not at all affiliated with Arancada, although I do know the person who who runs it. So, but I have I have no other affiliation with Arancada other than that. Um, and I generally agree with what what he's talking about. Um, okay. So the the most recent forum and publication was in tw uh, September 14, 2017. Um, that uh, that issue was called implementing the ten point agenda. I'm assuming which refers to the current administration's ten point agenda for economic competitiveness. I have a Facebook message for some reason. Okay, anyways, 
So I want to just I just want to go over this with you guys really quickly. You can scroll down a bit for 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 our, our audio only listeners. I'm scrolling down the PDF and I just want to point out that even though this is an advocacy for, by the Joint Foreign Chambers of Commerce, um, obviously the, the government has historically, the Philippine government has historically been been involved and will and uh, generally supported uh, this endeavor. So you have a message from the current president and also the current secretary for trade and industry. So yeah, so it's not just a foreigner only thing. Is what I want to say for some of you who are skeptical. Also, and you look at, if you scroll down to the very bottom, the list of sponsors uh, at the very end of this 142-page document, you'll actually see like Philippine companies and local organizations so sponsoring. Where is it? Uh, here we go. Yeah, sponsors. Uh, yeah, here we go. Actually, sponsoring this. So there's some general consensus on on the policies that have to be done to be implemented between businesses and the government and joint foreign chambers of commerce so again uh it's a very rough measure to see how we're doing and it's for me it's the most comprehensive uh listing of what needs to be done so as for the actual policies um i don't want to go over them too too deep in this uh in this uh podcast um i'm just here i mean again since uh Obviously, since this is a podcast and it's not a video, I can go deeper into the policy and what needs to be done. But I want to do those for for uh, for future episodes. But I just want to briefly uh, glance over some of this. Uh, see, I'm scrolling down to okay, data, data, data. I'm scrolling down to the table of contents. Ideally, if I can find it. Um, scrolling up. Okay, all these fancy charts here, which we can dig into later. Okay, but you get the idea. Here, here's a here's an example of what's going on. Here's um, say like a current issue, for example. Um, let's see, exports and uh, business process and sort of their their recommendations of what needs to be done. So it's worth looking at here. And there's a color scheme that also shows how how well the government's doing on the, based on these recommendations. So, even though you don't have to agree with all of it, you can also see generally where 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 the where business business associations are trying to go to make the Philippines uh, an easier place to do business, and by extension, having a government that can provide opportunities and a higher standard of living for its citizens. Okay. So I don't want to go too too much in depth. Um, in future episodes, I'd like to go over over some of these policies in more detail, and also go over the news and uh, the current events and, and uh, comment on that, and maybe tie it into these policies and what's going on, and also of course talk about you know artsy stuff. This is obviously I'm an I draw and paint, so it it's um <clears throat> it's uh I don't want to, I don't I don't want to make this podcast too dry, okay. So that's answering the first uh, part of the problem of, of, of can we fix the Philippines is that we actually have a, a rough database of the policies that need to be implemented. So, so there's, there's, that's sort of our compass. The next question is, can we actually execute it? Okay, 
this is sort of where this brand, Fresco Vanilla, comes in. Um, I think I mentioned this earlier, but um, just to retread, Fresco Vanilla is a brand that makes urban economic development interesting to the broader public via um, YouTube videos, otherwise known as vlogging, um, this podcast, and also the fine art because I draw and paint and I actually launched um, the first Manila brand in a fine art exhibit uh, last year in Manila House. So uh, that's in BGC. Manila, Manila House is a venue in BGC and I'll talk a bit a little about that later. Uh, so so how how can this brand Fresco Manila get get things uh, get these policies executed? Well, the the brand I and the brand cannot do it directly. The idea is to again, as I've mentioned earlier, make the make the policies accessible and understandable to a wider audience. And uh, my goal is to have it my, the, the ideal situation is that enough people um, <clears throat> enough of the public is is interested in these policies so that these policies policy becomes a popular issue in, in, in voting in the elections rather than just politics which is obviously in, in, um, important and obviously over personalities which is probably in my opinion less important than politics and policies but policies should be ideally tantamount in everything in uh, the elections. And, and ideally, if enough people are educated and we all want the same, more or less the same policies, the ideal situation would be that whoever runs and whoever is elected president, the policies that they will uh, enact or will continue to enact from the previous administration is, is still more or less the same. So that's the ideal situation. And that's where the execution comes in. Policy has to be a popular movement, and it is the mission of this brand, among other things, um, uh, to make policy uh, po interesting for people and policy uh, a, a popular issue for the voting public. So how would I go about doing this? I'm just one person. Um, I obviously, the impact I can make is limited, uh, but I want to go about it in a smart way. I mentioned a few minutes ago that I started in Manila House when I launched a brand last year. And Manila House is uh, it's in uh, Bonifacio Global City. It's, uh, it's a very high-end club, social club, and you sort of have the, the high end of Manila society there. And, and that's where I started. So maybe some of you are wondering, if this is such a, so, something that's, that I want to get out to the broader, if this message of popularizing policy is something I want to get out to the broader public, why do I start uh, with with uh, with with a high society or and and the rich, uh, the answer is because um, first of Manila is actually not like a bottom up grassroots movement. It it's a brand that's top down. So I want to start from the highest echelons of society and, and move it further and further down among the educated class of people, and uh, and and employ a structure that's more aspirational. And if you've seen my paintings, which you, which you can on my website, uh, these are shown in the exhibit in Manila House last year. Uh, I've painted and I've painted a vision of what we could be. So, uh, to get people interested in policy, regardless of where you are in society, 
uh, I want people to be emotionally engaged and then follow through with the policy recommendations. Um, so using the artwork and, and starting with the uh, with uh, high society here in Manila, uh, the idea is to start small, it's sort of build my way organically and, and start start from the top and start going further and further down the the income pyramid among the educated class here. And why just the educated class? Uh, because it's it's a demographic I, I generally belong to, and it's, it's easier to sell for them, and it's easier to explain what I'm doing. Um, some of you, uh, some of you might be wondering, well, you know, the Philippines is a poor country, and the the, vote, the, the majority of voting is done by poor people, and you're correct, and that is a concern. Um, uh, my answer to that is, uh, so again, why start with the top? Why start with the rich and the middle, rich and upper and up and, and uh, upper middle and middle class? Uh, the idea is that even though in terms of voting numbers, the rich and the upper and upper middle classes are are small uh, numbers wise, uh, in general, they hold an outsized influence on the direction of the of the country. Think about it. Uh, these are the, the the small and large, sorry, the medium and large business owners of the country. So they hold influence in that way. They also work in government and in the media. So even though, even though we're, uh, this, this, over, this broad social class isn't very large, they're hugely influential. And the idea is to get everyone within this sphere on the same page. And then we can think about together and um, united, think about how we can obviously enact these policies and even popularize it among, among our less fortunate brethren. Okay, so that is the answer to the second part, uh, how to execute. Can, uh, and it's, it's again this top-down aspirational strategy, brand, aspirational branding strategy. So it's a combination of things with First World Manila. It's, it's the fine art, presenting a vision and tugging at people's heartstrings and revitalizing our culture. It's also uh, the vlog, making it accessible to a large audience. And it's also this podcast, which is, which is more, which is more uh, nuts and bolts poor, uh, sorry, nuts and bolts policy oriented. So that's, that's my goal. Okay. So to answer the question, can we fix the Philippines? All I'm an entrepreneur and, and, uh, I'm, I'm therefore optimistic. I would say yes, but it has to be, it's going to be a, a slow process. Things aren't going to change overnight, but I want to keep my message of, of making an, an emotional, an emotional argument for people to be interested in policy and help and hence make long-term economic and urban development policy a popular issue with enough people and with influential people. The idea is to keep that keep that growing and growing and growing um, to, to over the so that over the long term we're actually getting somewhere. <clears throat> and for me in my in my honest opinion because we are a democracy, this is the only way to do it, uh, is when enough people and, and enough influential people are on the same page with the right uh, economic and urban development policies. Um, and that's, um, that's also, I mean, it's also, for me, there's no other way. Uh, the drawback of a democracy, obviously, is that there are so many voices that it's very hard to implement things, whereas you have in maybe in other countries that are, 
that are essentially one-party states, like China, for example, China literally has a five-year economic plan that they do every year, and they 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 set their goals. Why can they do that? Because it's just it's just one party controlling the entire country. Uh, whereas in the Philippines, like the Philippines, which is a democracy, it's very messy, so it's very hard to get things implemented. So we are who we are. We're, we're, we're not China. We're a different society. We have a different history from China. And because we're a democracy, the only way forward is to get enough people uh, to implement the correct long-term policies. And even though um, uh, pol policies, economic policies are intertwined with politics, my goal is to unintertwine them enough so that no matter what your politics are, we can at least all agree on some basic um, economic policies, because uh, that's really what's going to drive us forward, and and really improve everyone's standard of living here and provide jobs and a better standard of living for for the people who need it the most, especially. Um, okay, so I think this podcast has gone on long enough. Uh, before I end this first episode of the First World Manila podcast, I'd like to add a little bit of culture here because um, another part of First World Manila is not just blind economic development. It's also revitalizing our culture and really, and really revi revitalizing our national identity, which I talked about in uh, the first vlog. So to do that, I'm gonna give a um, I'm gonna give a little cultural lesson of today, a uh, little vocab lesson for in Tagalog and Spanish, our two other national languages. Um, because without an identity, without a vision of who we are and what we can be, then why would anyone go through the trouble of sticking around and really sticking it out with with the long-term difficult economic policies? Okay, so here's a little bit of culture. Today's uh, today's episode is brought to you by the the word uh, welcome so in English it's welcome in Tagalog it's or, or Filipino it's mabuhay and in Spanish it's bienvenido so welcome mabuhay bienvenido welcome to First World Manila and thank you for listening I will see you soon uh, on this vlog hopefully very soon um and also, don't forget to catch the 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 monthly YouTube video and any other events that I do and any other products I create. Uh, I'll keep everyone posted. Uh, please do follow me on social media. I'm on Facebook and also on Instagram, and I'm on YouTube. Um, and uh, for those listening on the on the podcast, I'm sure there'll be an information uh, blurb where you can find out more about how to follow me on social media. Okay, thank you very much and have a good evening.